three, two, one. It's that time of the day. Welcome to the 4th Street Sports Show, an award-winning student podcast covering all things Golden Eagles. Welcome back to 4th Street Sports Show. I'm your host, Dima Mixon. Last week, we gained Austin back and lost Nathan. And now this week, we have Nathan back and we've lost Austin. So uh, we have four of the five in the room this eve- this afternoon. Now, obviously, guys, I, you know what? This is kind of a sucky week because we don't have Southern Miss football to cover this weekend. But we still wanted to come on and do our special pod because we are very competitive and we really want to do Prince Pickham this week. But mainly, we want to talk a little bit about just like after a week, we've all had a good chance to rewatch some of the highlights, if not the whole game from Tulane. And, and I really want to put it in perspective on, I know we talked about this on Monday and if you haven't already go and check out, um, go and check out that uh, it, it's up on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts it's on YouTube with the YouTube link on Southern Miss student media center, um, go back and watch it. But we talked about how important this win was for Will Hall um, so we, we discussed that, but for this, to start this podcast, guys, I kind of want to discuss it, um, in, in, the sense of Southern Miss, you know, and, and we have in the room today, we have Jackson, uh, he's in the room, Charlie's in the room, Nathan's in the room and I'm in the room. So like I said, we're missing Austin, but I just wanted to let everybody know who we're all, who's all in the room is today. But so I just posted an article that kind of, I kind of gave a list of the 10 best wins since the 2012 season. So this is kind of like, you know, 2011 Southern Miss makes it, excuse me, Southern Miss makes it to the conference championship and beats, beats Houston 2011. Then 2012, you know, everybody remembers that season where they went own 12. Um, so I said in some, from 2013 to now, so tonight now is a 2022 season. So that's 10 seasons. What are the best wins? I'm just going to run through them really quickly. And then, um, and then I'll, I'll tell you where I put Tulane. And then we'll talk about um, what y'all think about this list uh, in, in general. So number 10 uh, on the list is Southern Miss Troy from 2019. That was that high scoring game where Jalen Adams took that 100 yard kickoff back to the house to kind of seal that victory over there. Troy number nine was uh, in 2019 as well when Southern Miss beat UAB 37 to two. Um, it was like the f- it was the first win against Tulane since like 2016, I believe, because they had dropped three straight to them. Um, and then number eight was last year's game when the Superback was introduced and they beat Louisiana Tech on the road, kind of like uh, the coming out party of Will Hall's like brilliant offensive mind, you know. And then uh, number six, uh, Southern Miss North Texas, 45 to 27, 2019 as well. This is the game where North Texas was favored. They were coming in here. It was a big game, kind of like whoever won this game might take full control of the West and Southern Miss just kind of ran over them. 2016 was the lone bowl win in the past 10 years. So Southern Miss has one bowl win in 10 seasons. And that was against the Louisiana Lafayette in the New Orleans Bowl. And then I put Southern Miss Tulane at number four on the list. So top five as far as uh, biggest wins in the past 10 seasons, uh, but at number four. So I put that at number four. We can talk about that in a minute. Number three, I think that this game just deserves it. You know, Southern Miss's first win in 24 games. Uh, they were 0-23 and they beat UAB 62-27 to in 2013. 
And then number two was the road game at Louisiana Tech. The winner would go to the Conference USA title game, and Southern Miss went to Louisiana Tech and beat them by 34 points, so seven touchdowns, if I'm doing math correctly. So uh, really, really insane game for Southern Miss there. And then to me, the biggest game, the biggest game uh, Southern Miss won uh, was uh, Southern Miss at Kentucky. Uh, in 2016, which was the insane comeback from uh, 25 points down with less than a minute left in the first half. And they came back and beat an SEC school for the first time since 2000 against Alabama. So uh, that's kind of like the the rankings that I had. Guys, I, I just want to bring your, your thoughts in here. You know, Southern Miss, you know, Will Hall, you know, he's only won five times as a head coach at Southern Miss. Um, and, and so what do you all think about just this list in general? Um, just in general, do you think you agree with the list? Do you think maybe some games are too high? Maybe some games are too low. You can just kind of go to that and we can get to Troy in a minute. I, I think the list is pretty solid. I think just because of the lone bowl game though, like I think that could be maybe a little higher. Just, um, I, it seems like a long time ago. It seems like a decade ago, but you know, as far as, everyone meant something different for the program. So, I, you know, Tulane obviously deserves a place on the list. And then the winless season, just because of, you know, imagine going zero and 12 for two straight years, that did mean something for the program. I think maybe that could have been higher than that uh, LaTeX blowout. But honestly, that was personally one of my favorite games to watch because of that Mike Thomas catch. So, I mean, there's these are all, you know, memorable moments, uh, huge games for the program. But definitely agree with the number one. I just remember how uh, wild that was, the reaction to Southern Miss beating Kentucky in that fashion. And it actually set up that home matchup, uh, the anticipation for when Kentucky actually came to the rock. And that was another close game too. Southern Miss almost won that game too. So I definitely think it deserved that spot. Yeah, I agree with the list. I think you have the 10 best games on there. I would probably swap one and two. I believe that the win in Ruston and I think it was 2015. I think that was a little bit better. It's not a better win on paper in a vacuum, but Think about what it led to, right? So you beat Louisiana Tech. You go to the conference title game. You beat Kentucky. Well, that's only game one. Obviously a great come-from-behind win, but what did it mean in the long run? It built anticipation for the rematch next year than the following season. But I believe to win that game against Louisiana Tech and then go to the conference title game, that's just huge, and I think that can't be understated because lose and you don't go. And another game I would look at, um, I would argue, um, you know, for the reason that the win against UAB was ranked so high, maybe the win last year against Louisiana Tech could be moved up a spot or two, like give or take, because it broke, I believe it was an eight, seven or eight game losing streak. And that was really important as they ended the season strong and got a little bit of momentum going into this season. So that's the only nitpicks I have with it, but I, I agree. It's a, it's a strong list. Yeah. Overall, when I first looked at it, I was like, that's pretty perfect. But when I did a little bit of searching, you know, uh, soul searching, cause you know, I'm from, I'm from around the Hattiesburg area and watching all these games. The biggest one I remembered was the Louisiana Lafayette the win in the bowl game? I don't think it should be any higher. I thought that uh, for me personally, that one was one of the most memorable wins uh, 
when I watched Southern Miss when I was younger, uh, I think the number one is right with Kentucky. Uh, I, I remember when that happened and like Charlie said, the, the just the storm of media after it, it was craziness after, you know, beating an SEC opponent like that and in such fashion, you know. Uh, so overall, I don't want to uh, – just say the same things that Jackson and Charlie said about your list. I think you did a really solid job, Mr. Investigator Dima, uh, on this great, great history for uh, Southern Miss overall. And I think the two-lane game is pretty much in the right spot, top five. But, you know, uh, definitely can improve because it feels like every single game on this season from here on out could be just as big, you know. Uh, so uh, I think you did a good job on this one, Dima. So I'll, I'm going to tell you – tell you. The, the listeners a story I know I've told that y'all three this story it's the bye week why not story time with Dima so let's all gather around we'll have story time with Dima but um so in 2016 um my dad and I you know we you know so for those who don't know we're journalists right and we cover the team we're not supposed to have an opinion based on a team the team or not but you know before I came to college I was a solar miss fan because I've grown here growing up here my entire life, you know? Um, so we would go to practically almost every game. Um, so this year I, I, I told my dad and I was like, yo, you know, I think that um, I think we should go to the Kentucky game. I don't know. It just feels right. You know, you have Nick Mullins, you have Edo Smith, you have just a great insane, you know, Isaiah Jones. I remember he had that 71 yard touchdown. So my dad said, okay, you know, Dima, we can go, let's go to the game. And um and so we drove all the way to Kentucky. And so the way the, the campus is set up, it's like it's in the middle of this like sort of, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but like there's a ho- there was a hotel within walking distance of the stadium. Okay. So we booked in that hotel and we went to the game. Now everybody knows that Solar Miss was down 35 to 10. Um, so it was 28 to 10. And um, my dad said, all right, if, if, uh, if, Kentucky scores another touchdown. Well, let's go back to the hotel. We can watch, uh, I think, like Alabama and USC or something was playing that night. I don't know. But there was a game on TV that was big, and it was a blowout, and it was just, you know, we didn't, you know, like like most fans did. They turned the game off at halftime, you know. And so we left the stadium, and as we were leaving, we heard this, like, oh. And um, we were like, what was that? And that was the uh, 71-yard touchdown that Nick Mullins threw to Isaiah Jones uh, with 14 seconds left to play in the half to make the score uh, 35 to 17 because Kentucky had scored, and that's why we left. So we go back to the hotel room, and we're like, oh, man, dang it, we missed that, but we'll just go back to the hotel room anyways. I mean, it's still an 18-point game. Like, what have we been doing? And towards that point, it didn't even look like Sermis could stop Kentucky at all. Um, So – um, we get to the hotel room and we're watching Alabama USC. And then we check my phone and I check my phone and I'm like, Oh, someone scored again. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably nothing. And then they scored again. So it's 35, 31. And I'm looking at my dad saying, bro, we got to go back. <laughs> so we were run back to the stadium and, uh, we go back because it's in walking distance. So we, but the, what was crazy is when we were walking back towards the stadium, the Kentucky fans were pouring out of the stadium. Like, and the game was a four, like it was still a game. Like, I don't even know what they were doing, but they were coming out of the stadium. And so we told some security guards, we're like, Hey, there's somebody over there causing something. And so the security guards left the gate and we just went back into the stadium and then watched uh, the end of that game. So probably 
one of my one of my favorite Southern Miss moments of all time, just because it's such a cool story. And um, and I do think that it deserves I, I understand, Jackson, kind of what you're saying there about La Tech Southern Miss. And it meant something because it was uh, uh, it got them to the to the Conference Tuesday title game. But I just think, man, being an SEC school on the road, coming back the way they did, I just that's just a game that like. You know, if you just like tell an average Southern Miss fan, hey, what's the game that you remember in the past 10 years? They'd probably say Kentucky first because they're going to remember beating the SEC school. You know, they're, I mean, we, they've beaten Louisiana Tech several times and they may say, oh, that run to the conference title game was pretty fun in 2015, but they may not specify that Louisiana Tech game. Um, but all of you made great points. I want to talk a little bit specifically about the two lane game just for a second. Um, I put it at number four, Nathan. What do you what do you think about it sitting at number four? You know that recency bias can really be something special or bad, and I don't want it to sway my opinion too much on this one. At first, I was like, "Wow, it surprises me that it wasn't top three or top two. But then you look at what you had there. And three was a very, very, very important game. Like Charlie said, you never want to lose that many games in a row. It was a kind of that that moment where it was like, all right, all right, this is we know how to win again or whatever, even though it was still not beautiful or whatever that season and years after. And then um then you got right after that, you got like you said, like uh Jackson that he said that could be easily could have been number one. And when you go back and look at about the importance of that game and 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 what that going on the road to La Tech for the conference, it's like it's hard. It's hard to pass it up that one when you got a two lane wins like you're not even beating a conference opponent in the Sun Belt. So when you take all those factors in and I don't even have to say SEC, you know, uh, even though Kentucky and Tulane, you know, it's just just different kind of opponents overall for me. I thought after doing some uh, just some overall reviewing of your list i thought it was a perfect spot for it um honestly four was right where it needed to be i would swap the ul bowl game with Tulane just because i think it's like that recency uh, bias that nathan was talking about it was you know meant a lot for the program and just i think the reason why it, i mean five is still a solid spot and i think the reason it deserves to be like at five is because of what the program had gone through, you know, the, I mean, probably the worst stretch of time besides the, you know, almost two winless seasons. And even then this has been, you know, unprecedented. Uh, You had COVID year with three coaches had, you know, transfer portal was just blowing up at that time. And then you have the, whatever the quarterback situation was. And that was like, we've said it over and over, you know, uh, definitely the biggest win of Hall's tenure and all the players that have stuck with the program, that means a lot to them. But, you know, I just look at that bowl game, lone, lone bowl game uh, win in the decade. And, I mean, it was the end of, you know, just reading all these games of Nick Mullins, Ito Smith. You know, I, I like remember that's kind of when I really started paying attention to Southern Miss football. Um, that's when I was really big into it. And, I mean, that was a special offense. <laughs> and for them to, you know, go in uh, and win that bowl game, I just remember it was really special. I remember seeing, like, when 
I think it was when Instagram Live was just becoming a big thing. All the players were going on Instagram Live, like in the French Quarter. I was like, dang, so Miss is back, (laughs) you know? And for them, that was big, you know, just off of those uh, terrible seasons from before to, you know, win a bowl game against UL. I guess my only pushback on that would be, and just to kind of play the devil's advocate, like the year before that, you know, Southern Miss went to the conference title game, you know, so like it was almost like that that season was kind of like, okay, Southern Miss is back. They're in the conference title game, you know, and then um, they make it to the heart of Dallas Bowl. I think it was against Washington. Um, So I would I would I would agree with you if the New Orleans Bowl was the first time they made it to a bowl since 2012, because then it's like, okay, you know. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm blanking, but I also think that was a rematch with UL. I think they had lost in their last – I'm going to have to look that up, but I think they had lost their last uh, matchup against UL before that in the previous bowl game. I'm going to look that up real quick. I know they played in 2009 in the New Orleans Bowl, um, and Southern Miss won in overtime. I remember that game because I was there, but – um, but anyways, Jackson, what's your thoughts here um, while Charlie's looking at it? Yeah, I mean, this is why they pay Dima the big bucks, right? Putting Tulane at number four. I mean, that's just a tough game to rank because, uh, like, Nathan brought up the point of recency bias, and you might be right, but if Southern Miss goes on a run this year where they go, like, nine and three, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if that's the case, the game could go even higher, so – you know, it's hard because it's ahead of a lot of good games, but it really was an important game, a rivalry game. It's a game where, you know, I, I can speak for us. We think it got Southern Miss back on track to where they can be formidable. You know, they might not be a powerhouse, but they can be formidable. One point I would make on Kentucky that you brought up, like, yes, it was important uh, to beat an SEC school, but one – you know, Kentucky at that time is not what they are now. They were still kind of building it up. And obviously they were able – I believe it was the Mar- Lamar Jackson year. Where well, they I mean, they had like Benny to... Snell and like a great running back in Benny Snell. And... They were solid, but I think they were finished like seven and six that year. They weren't like a traditional powerhouse. And when Southern Miss fans think of beating SEC schools, they think of going to Alabama or Birmingham and beating the Crimson Tide. You know, they think of – competing with all these schools like Florida's and Tennessee's they think of that so I think the point that it was an SEC school kind of you know doles it down a little bit because Southern Miss has such a history of beating SEC schools I know the point was the last 10 years but that's kind of my counter to that but I don't really have a whole lot of disagreements with your list Steve and I, I was I was wrong on that. I got it switched up. They did lose the last New Orleans Bowl they had played before that game, but that was against uh, Middle Tennessee and not UL. They actually haven't lost a game against UL since 1993, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that game in uh, in October. We'll talk about that for a second. So Southern Miss canceled classes Whoop. for that game. Um, so I I tweeted it out. And it got so much, like, <laughs> coverage from other schools saying, like, why aren't we doing that? Nathan, you kind of look excited there. What's your thoughts on Southern Miss canceling classes ahead of a huge matchup, especially now that Southern Miss might be, like, 5-2? and two? 
Yeah. I, I like to say that this is what happens when you have a decent football team. Uh, and, and I do want to point out, Zima, that you got a lot of traction on that tweet, man. <laughs> you got like 500 likes or something off of it. I was like, dang, man. But no, yeah, I'm excited. It's it's good that Southern Miss is giving its uh its its students uh, you know, a fun day in the middle of, you know, the toughest month of the semester, you know. We're we're we love doing these pick Prince Pickums and the Fourth Street, but we're still in classes, so you know. Um, it's nice for the the school to actually, you know, care and give us a day off to enjoy some sports. And, you know, maybe we could pack the rock, you know, since no one's going to be in classes that day. So it's a it's a good thing overall for the university. I legitimately like circled that when uh, USM or Southern Miss was going to the Sun Belt because, you know, they always had those Thursday matchups. Anybody that goes to school here knew it would be absolutely impossible to have a game on Thursday. So I think it was kind of more of a necessity just because, I mean, we, we got to move our cars, you know, like yeah, two parking would have been more than atrocious. No, it would it would not even happen. But, yeah, I think it is neat that um, Southern Miss will get this opportunity to play Thursday night. And, I mean, that's like a Friday night for students. So, yeah, like Nathan said, uh, hopefully you see, you know, more students there. And students have been showing up to the games. I will give them credit for that. Somebody made this point in the SM2 group chat, and I'm not going to say their name because I don't want them to get flamed or anything. But <clears throat> early in the semester, we had days where campus was flooding and they didn't cancel class. But we have a big primetime football game and they cancel class. I, I mean, I'm a fan of it for the reasons Charlie stated. The logistics would be a nightmare. So it's honestly a great decision by Big Joe in office. And I think that was a good decision. And, you know, I know Nathan and I are happy because we don't have to go to our 930 that day. Joe Biden? <laughs> Dr. Joseph Paul. Oh, yeah, man. I think that it's going to be – I think it's going to be fun. Um, uh, so, gentlemen, next week Southern Miss plays Troy on the road. And if they win that game, which we are not going to talk about right now because we want to save that obviously next week in our preview pod, we are going to have John Johnson on from the Dohan Eagle. He is the lead Troy beat writer on next week. So we'll be looking forward to that. And we'll have a story up for that, obviously, too. Um, so we're not going to talk about Troy because I am not going to spoil that. And I want you all to listen to that enjoy that next week because this week's a bye week. But, guys, if they beat Troy, they have Arkansas State at home for homecoming, which I think all of us probably would pick them to win that game. At Texas State, which Texas State, you know, Probably a more – that seems like the game that Southern Miss is always – like that seems like the prime Southern Miss is supposed to win and they lose game. But um, but it, let's just say they won that game. You're talking about a five-game win streak heading into UL on Thursday night, the 27th. Nathan, how big would that game be? Like we're talking about Tulane being fourth. How big would Southern Miss going into UL – five and two be for this university. I'll say this. If, if UL was as good as we thought they were going to be this year, it would be way bigger than Tulane. But now that we see that UL is not nearly the juggernaut that we thought they could be in the West of the Sun Belt, uh, it wouldn't be as massive, but I would, I would almost go far as far to say that it would be bigger than the Tulane game, mainly because, you know, you're putting yourself right into bowl contention. It's a conference opponent and, 
probably the last competitor in the West. I mean, there's some good teams over on, on the West in the Sun Belt, but at the end of the day, it's wide open. So I think it, you could definitely consider it uh, as big or maybe even bigger than that two-lane win if they could pull it off and, you know, win the games before that to get that five-game winning streak. It's something that I was talking to Andrew uh, yesterday, Abedi of Pine Belt Sports, and he mentioned he brought the same thing up. And I guess it's something I never even thought about, you know, at the beginning of the season that was possible. But definitely having as possibility is huge for this team because of that, you know, stretch that we thought was going to be deadly. And it still is, you know, you're going against teams who know how to win, like historically. And over the past years, who have been, you know, even ranked in UL and Coastal Carolina. And then, you know, uh, uh, I need to refresh, but that's a brutal stretch. <laughs> so any win that you can get here, you know, will help you for the end of the season, especially with kind of the concerns uh, that are getting brought up with, you know, injuries that have been kind of piling up slowly, especially at linebacker position, which we, you know, said was safe, you know, because it's deep. But now we've lost a couple guys there. Um, so that's something to watch. And every game you can pick up now will help. I mean, this is the point of the season where every game matters. What's the baseball hashtag? Everything matters. Every game matters from here on out. Every game is equally as important. Now, some might feel like bigger victories than others. You know, a victory over, let's say, Coastal Carolina would feel a little bit bigger than a victory against Georgia State this year. That's just how it is. But every game's important. They can't take any game lightly. There's no more bye weeks after this week, no more off weeks. Every game matters because Southern Miss wants to compete for a conference championship. And the way it's gone this year, it seems like they have an opportunity to do that. That was insane to say even two weeks ago, even three weeks ago, but before the season, it's just unfathomable to think of, but they have their work or they have their work cut out for them. So let's just see how they can do. Yeah, I, I agree, Jackson. I think it's just like, you know, we were coming into the season and I was sitting there, you know, my prediction was they lose to Tulane, they beat Troy, then they beat Arkansas State and Texas State. And I was like, okay, they kind of stumble into the Louisiana game. But now that they've beaten Tulane uh, and if they beat Troy, I, I think they'll beat Arkansas State and Texas State. Like, I'm just going to say that. But if they get past Troy, two wins on the road, man, golly, you just think about Man, that'd be insane. But obviously, the team isn't going to get ahead of themselves, and we don't want to get ahead of themselves for the team either. Um, so we all are kind of in agreement with where the two lane stands in the past ten seasons. Um, and let's—I think that's about it. It's bye week. We're not going to go long, um, so that's about all we're going to talk about with that. So now we're going to shift over into Prince Pickham. We don't have a Southern Miss game to pick this week, but. Because all five of us are very competitive, we would like to still pick to see who wins. So, Charlie and I are tied on for the, for the top spot. I kind of had a rough week last week, and Charlie did very well last week, honestly. He had a lot of good picks. Um, this week, a lot of good games. Uh, we, we have four ranked matchups. So, four teams that are ranked who are playing each other. Um, so, really tough week. Believe it or not, it's actually tougher if they're gonna if they're bigger games because the line, you know, it's harder to predict. But so I can go through the standings. Um, so we have me and Charlie at 63 points, Nathan at 60 points, Austin at 58 points, and then Jackson down there at 55. But I will say that as he drinks his beer, 
he's chugging his beer uh, on. I wish y'all could see this. He's chugging a beer and we're on a stage. He needed podcast. that after being in last place. Yeah, he might need to drink a little more. It's if tough he, out here. Yeah, if he if he's if he's not too careful, he's gonna drink too much and then pick the wrong stuff. So um that might uh, help if we're being honest. <laughs> okay, so anyways, uh the the good thing is that we're all right there relatively close with each other. So um so let's get into picks. Uh so we're gonna start with the team up north here. So Number seven, Kentucky. Also, I'm sorry, I don't have a fan vote this week. We've been, we've all just been really super busy, and I'm sorry we didn't get that out. I was trying to get out that out this morning, but then we had basketball media days, which we'll cover on Monday. But, um, um, so I'm sorry for not getting that out, but we will still have our picks. Um, so Kentucky at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is number 14. Kentucky is number seven. Uh, Ole Miss is a seven point favorite. The over under is set at 54. Uh, for the entire podcast, we'll go Nathan, Charlie, Jackson, and me. So, Nathan, start us off. Kentucky at Ole Miss. Yeah, first of all, I want to put it out there that I think it's crazy that Ole Miss is this, has that big of a spread. You know, uh, I think it's six and a half or seven, right? Um, it's seven. Seven. So, that's, that's pretty wild for me. I, I like Ole Miss, but I'm not sold on Dart yet. Uh, I think Levis is the better quarterback. I'm not high on Kentucky, but I think that Kentucky pulls off a, a gritty win. Uh, high scoring-ish. You know, I think the offenses show up in the second half. I got Kentucky winning this one 34-28. to 28. You know, I had Kentucky winning this one too, but again, I just can't pick uh, for anyone that puts mayonnaise in their coffee. So I just got reminded of that again. So I actually switched this. But I I really think it's interesting. I think both teams are ranked too high. So I think we'll get to see who really is better. Um, So I got Ole Miss still pulling this out, 27-23. Man, they have some good players on Kentucky, and I think they're a little bit better than Ole Miss right now. I'm not sold on the Rebels as of yet. I think Kentucky has the edge on the quarterback battle. I still think Kentucky's a little overrated right now. Number seven's kind of insane right now, but that's just kind of how the chips have fallen right now. I have Kentucky winning a close one, 35 to 34. And according to my calculations, that is over. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just don't understand why Kentucky is number, what are they? Number seven. I just don't understand. Like, Okay, so I just let me just go through their schedule. Like, like, okay, they beat Miami University, Ohio in the opening matchup, as we all expect them to. Now, the win at Florida, I mean, obviously it's a good win, but we Florida now has like two losses. Yeah, they beat Utah, but like, I mean, like, what? Why is the win at Florida jumping Kentucky into like playoff consideration? Then they play Youngstown State, who's, I mean a bunch of kids who are smarter than me playing football. So, um, and then Northern Illinois last week, they almost lost. They were trailing most of the game and they only won by eight. So I think Kentucky is way overrated, but if this was at Kentucky, I would probably pick them to win. But since it's at Ole Miss, I like Lane Kiffin. I like his offensive mind. Uh, but I do think Kentucky covers that seven point spread. Cause that's insane. I just don't understand. I did I don't understand this game at all, so my pick is probably going to be really wrong, but I have Ole Miss winning 27-24, to so a field goal. Kentucky covers, and that is under 
the 54 points. Uh, Austin sent in his picks, so I'll just read his. So he has Ole Miss winning 28 to 17. So he has them covering, and that is under 54. Uh, let's go to Texas. So Oklahoma, number 18, losing to Kansas State last week. They are playing on the road at TCU. TCU is undefeated, and they are the underdogs, 6.5 underdogs. The over-under is high, 68.5. Nathan, lead us off. Yeah, I think this is an easy one to pick TCU to get the the upset again. Uh, you know, Oklahoma loves to you know flop some of these games against you know interconference opponents, and we saw what happened against Kansas State, like Dima said. Uh, but I think I think Oklahoma bounces back. I don't think it's a a win that says okay, Oklahoma's back. Like y'all hear my score, I think it's a a close high scoring game again. I got a lot of high scoring games this week. Uh, I got Oklahoma edging with a field, late field goal, uh, 45 to 42 over TCU. Yeah, Oklahoma has won eight straight versus TCU. Um, odd week last week, but I just think this team has a lot of firepower. And I think they get, you know, their offense has been clicking for the whole season, and I think it's going to be high scoring too. I got them winning 45 to 27. You have who winning 45 to 27? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Oklahoma, the Sooners. It's a bad bad week to be a horned frog in Fort Worth, that's for sure. Look, TCU's undefeated, and I think they're a pretty good football team, but they've scored a lot of points this year, but they also have – you know, not a great defense. They've given up a lot of points this year, and I think Oklahoma coming off a loss, I think they're going to be extra angry going into TCU. I think they win 42-24, to and I think that score might be closer than what the game actually is. Uh, 42-24 Oklahoma, and that is under, I think. I think this is probably the worst-case scenario for Oklahoma coming off like a loss and then headed to Fort Worth for what seems like a trap game, you know? Like, I'm sure most people would have picked them to lose this game rather than last week against Kansas State. Uh, you know, if, if they would have beaten Kansas State, I'm pretty sure we would have had the same thing on here and all picking a pretty close game. Um, so I think that the added um, element now that Oklahoma has lost has kind of changed people's opinions because now you're like, okay, Oklahoma's not going to be like coming to this game like not – ready to play they're ready to play because they can't lose again or else you know they're going to be out of the playoff race I do think TCU will score though I think their offense is solid and I think they're going to score a lot at points actually but I think Oklahoma is going to score just a bit more um so I have Oklahoma winning 43 to 39 so they win by four so I have TCU covering the spread um so that's over the 68 and a half um and Austin has the same exact score as Charlie so 45 27 Oklahoma now let's head to Little Rock, number two, Alabama, at number 20, Arkansas. I don't even know what in the world Las Vegas is doing, but the line is set at 17-point favorites for Alabama, and the over-under is 61. Nathan, lead us off. I'll tell you what, I would have been way more excited about this game if Arkansas would have handled their business last week. But after what I saw Arkansas do last week, it's the same old Arkansas. A good team, but they're not going to win the big games yet. 
And sadly, I think it's another win, another one like that. I think you'll they'll compete early on in that first half, you know, keep it close for about a quarter and a half. But I think Alabama's offense is just gonna be a little too explosive. I think Alabama finds something in this game uh with their receivers. Cause uh, I think last week they finally had a receiver become their leading receiver besides their running back. Uh, so that's a big step for them. You know, they don't have the skill players on the outside they've had in the past couple of years uh, or past few years. So I don't think it's a pretty win, but I think Alabama proves that they're just the overall better team, better coach team. They win 38 to 24. I'm pretty close to you again, Nathan, because um, I think this is a game that really Alabama always has uh, saying this a game that. People expect them to go in, take care of the business, and they make it a lot closer. They've already had one of those games this season. But I feel like Arkansas is going to compete with Alabama. But in the end, Alabama has won 14 straight in this series. Um, they, you know, are strong again. I think they're going to get their business done here. I have Alabama winning 38-21. to 21. I see your score. I played with your numbers a little bit. Look, obviously, Arkansas has won 14 straight in this series, but I really like what Sam Pittman's doing with this program. And I think Alabama's the better team. I think they're going to struggle a little bit early, maybe kick a lot of field goals. But in the second half, I think they kind of separate. I do have Arkansas covering, though. That final score, Alabama 37, Arkansas 21, and that will be under. So all of y'all have Arkansas covering the spread, 17. Jackson, right? I think I can do that. Okay. Um, so the last time Arkansas beat Alabama, can anyone name the Arkansas head coach? Bobby Petrino. <laughs> Close. Uh, no, I have no idea. So it was Houston Nutt. He was actually the coach uh-huh. of Ole Miss. <laughs> I yes, Houston Nut was the last time Arkansas beat Alabama. <laughs> I don't know why. I just read that online, and I think that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. You cracked oh, me man. up with that one. <laughs> uh, but anyways, okay. Um, being all serious now, I think the line on this is absolutely insane. Arkansas should have won last week if that kicker would not have missed that field goal. So I'm coming into this game basically thinking that this is a top 10 matchup because the only reason this is not a top 10 matchup is because the kicker missed a field goal. Like, so all of this about, you know, Arkansas isn't as good because they lost the game. Texas A&M is a great ball club. Like, they are a great team. They, they just laid an egg against Appalachian State. But Arkansas definitely almost won. They should have won that game last week. Like, that's what's they, – they were up on Texas A&M. So I don't think people are giving Arkansas enough credit in this game. They went into Tuscaloosa last year and gave Alabama a game. Um, and I do think that this game is going to be super close. The difference in the game – just like the game in Texas is going to be Bryce Young. Can Arkansas contain his legs? And if they can contain his legs, they have a legitimate shot to win this game, like 100%, especially considering Alabama has A&M up on docket next weekend. The motion's running high against A&M. This is the essential trap game. And I've said for the longest time, the only way you can beat Alabama in the regular season, there's only two ways you can do it. Number one, the national media will never – ever pick Alabama to lose in the regular season. Um, and if you do pick them, they're probably going to win by a lot. But you have to beat Alabama by getting in their heads. And I really feel like this is the game 
that Sam Pittman can draw some stuff up. I really feel like Arkansas could get in Alabama's head. That all being said, I do think Alabama will win, but um, I'm just picking Alabama just so I can stay in the lead. But I, I'm just saying right now, if you're looking Saturday and Arkansas is winning by 21, 14 points, do not, do not be surprised because I really think that this is this is the game of like 10 seasons for Arkansas. If Arkansas would have won last week, this is the biggest game in Arkansas University since Houston Nutt was the coach. Like, this is a ginormous game for that university. So, the 17 line is bonkers. I have Alabama edging Arkansas. Edging Arkansas. 28 to 24. That's under the 61. Alabama's um, got a wild schedule up ahead, too. Like, you kind yeah. of referenced it, Demon. They got Arkansas, A&M, then Tennessee. So, yeah, it, 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 we'll, we'll know what, is, what kind of we'll Alabama, know what Alabama is. And I, and I really Free think enough. this <laughs> – I really think Arkansas can win this game. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent sold that Arkansas can win this game. It's all going to be about how they can contain Bryce Young. All right, moving on. Uh, I talked a lot about that. Uh, oh, Austin's pick is 37 to 20 Alabama. So he's actually going for the push um, there. Um, another top ranked matchup, number nine, Oklahoma state at Baylor. Nathan, what you got there? Baylor's a two-point favorite, and the over-under is fixed 56 and a half. Yeah, I've been on this Oklahoma State bandwagon for about four years now, ever since Spencer Sanders has been a freshman, it feels like. Uh, I've said they're going to make the playoffs for years, and they still haven't. I'm not jumping off the ship yet. I think Oklahoma State's the better team, even though Baylor has had some uh, good wins, but they've had some weird games as well throughout the season. I like Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders is finally healthy, and he's finally looking like a top-10 quarterback in the country again. So I got Oklahoma State proving something in this game. I think the score is closer than it uh, – the, the score won't actually prove how dominant they are in this game. I think Baylor just sticks around. Uh, 35-31 Oklahoma State. This is really tough for me. Like I don't I don't think this is the right pick, but I just gotta go with Baylor. Um this is a really this is always like a really close series uh matchup. Actually, I think uh Oklahoma State, yeah, twenty two to nineteen advantage. And if in, any of y'all watched that game last year, it was literally like decided by a couple of inches. So I, I just gotta go with Baylor though. I think they've you know faced a lot of good competition this year. Um, but I think it's gonna be close. I really do. So I got Baylor winning 34 to 28. I mean, I'm a big fan of the mullet. He's a man. He used to be 40. And Oklahoma State's a really good team this year. They put up a lot of points. But you look at their schedule, they really haven't played anybody. And then you look at Baylor, they've actually played good teams. Our only loss was a road game in, I believe, Provo, Utah against BYU. And they lost a close one. They're favored here. I think Baylor's a slightly better team. This is a rematch from the conference title game last year. I've got Baylor edging them out. I have Baylor winning 31-23, and that is under. Yeah, I think this is this is probably the game that of the week that nobody's really talking about. This is going to be a great game. Um, I'm going to pick Baylor to win as well. I have them winning 31-17, and that is under. 56 and a half. I think it'll be like 24, 17. Then Baylor will score late or something like that to make that a 14 point win. Um, and Austin has Oklahoma state winning 31, 21. Um, so let's go to the primetime matchup. Number 10, NC state at number five, Clemson 
Clemson is a six and a half point favorite, and the over under is low, 40.5. The real question in this one is which DJ are we getting? Are we getting the DJ of last week that looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the country, or are we going to get one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks in the country? And I'm going to guess that we're getting the inconsistent DJ, y'all. I've got North Carolina State pulling off the upset in Death Valley. Crazy high-scoring game. I think that Clemson got a little bit exposed. Music to my ears, baby. Yeah, dang right. Hey, I think I think they got a little exposed defensively last week. I think Wake Forest proved a lot of things in that cornerback and secondary room. Uh, quick passes. Don't let that pass rush even have a factor in the game. I think North Carolina State has a good enough quarterback to get the job done. So I got them 41-38 to high-scoring game. Very interesting because the last time North Carolina State has won two straight against Clemson has been 2002 and 2003. But, you know, I just feel like it's going to be the first time they've done that since then. I also got North Carolina State winning, but I got this one going to be close um, because Clemson did, you know, play well, their best game of the season last week. And we saw DJ play really well too. It's just uh, inconsistency. I think I don't know. I'm I'm still not sold on Clemson, but I got NC State winning twenty four to twenty one. Two votes for Cle- uh, NC State. That, just so everybody knows, I hate Clemson with all my heart. So it's just music to my ears. They used to say in the late nineties in WCW not to turn your back on the Wolf Pack. But that's exactly what I'm doing here. I think NC State ranked at number 10 is insane. I'm putting them on fraud watch. I think Clemson's just a better team, and I don't think this one's going to be particularly close. I don't think it matters if DJ plays good or not. If he can just play average, I think they take care of business. I have Clemson winning 31-14. to 14. That's over. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll say Austin's pick, then I'll get into my spiel. Um, but – um. Austin said that NC State's going to win 42 to 31 NC State. So he has NC State going crazy. Okay. So I will say so the last time Clemson lost at home was in 2016 to Pittsburgh. So students have enrolled at Clemson and graduated without seeing them lose in Death Valley, which is pretty insane. So, oops. Um, but I think for, for y'all picking like 45 to 38, that's that's just crazy. NC State's defense is insane. The linebacker room is insane. Like their linebackers are very good. They have a veteran defense. Uh, that's why this line is at 40.5 because both offenses are just not good against good defenses. I do think Nathan brought up a good point about how Wake Forest kind of exposed some things um, with Clemson's defense. And I think, it, like y'all said, it comes down to what, uh, what DJ we get, um, but I have Clemson edging NC State 16 to 13. So I do have NC State covering, but Clemson 16 to 13, and I have it under the 40.5. So so that's our national games. Uh, we'll get into the Sun Belt now. So Georgia State at Army. Army is a seven and a half point favorite. The over-under is set at 54. Nathan, what you think? I remember when we came into this season, we thought Georgia State could be the sleeper, but they're ended up being you know, one of the biggest disappointments. And, you know, they've had some tough games at the beginning of the season with tough opponents. And so you can't really use every single game that they've had as a, as a you know, a ranking for them. But I think Army is overall a good team. I think that offense, they I don't know, I can't remember. I think they've put up 30 points in every single game this season. I might be wrong on that. 
Um, but I think Army's just got a better offense. I think they're going to push Georgia State. Uh, I think it's going to be close, but Georgia State gets a late touchdown, 42-24 to 24 Army. Yeah, uh, it's going to be hard to pick Georgia uh, State to lose another one, but just based off of how Army's offense has looked and, you know, how Georgia State has been struggling – I can't say that they're gonna. Uh, Georgia State's gonna come back and win this one. I got Army winning thirty-four to twenty-one. This one's tough, man, because we all predicted Georgia State to be one of those top teams in the Sun Belt. You know, maybe not competing for the conference title, but like a tier right below, maybe at the A tier, if you will. And for them to be zero and four right now in danger of being zero and five, it's you know it's kind of worrisome and. They travel to Army, to West Point, coached by Jeff Munkin, brother of Todd Munkin, who Southern Miss fans are all familiar with. And Army's only, I believe, are one in three this year, only one win on the season. But I think they've looked better than Georgia State. They have the home field advantage. I believe they're going to bleed the clock with their triple option run game. I think the Black Knights win, but Georgia State will cover, in my opinion. Army 24, Georgia State 20. That is under. Uh, Austin has Georgia State winning 21-13. Uh, I'm in everything. I agree with Jackson on everything he just said, including the points he just said. I also have Army winning 24-20. to So <laughs> so I literally agree everything with Jackson right there. So 24-20 to Army, but I do have Georgia State covering that spread. Texas State at James Madison. James Madison, probably the Cinderella story so far of college football stunning Appalachian state last week that actually Nathan predicted correctly last week. Um, so he is going to have first pick 21 and a half point favorites, James Madison over under at 50. Yep. I, I predicted it. I saw it coming. Cause I can see the future y'all. I think I've proved that uh, with that pick. Uh, and who's going to win Madison, Prince pick them. Hey, Hey, I like to make it interesting. You know, you know, I think you'll have a chance, give you all that opportunity to believe, you know, that's how it works. No, overall, I do think James Madison's a very good team. They honestly probably shouldn't have won last week, but you know, they got that one given to them in a way, uh, but you use that as fuel. And I don't think Texas States are very, very impressive so far this season. They're not, I don't think they're going to give too much of a run for their money on this one. I got James Madison, 35, uh, Texas State 17. So, man, I talked about James Madison's defense um, last week, and I don't know if this is – up. no, this is still isn't updated, but I need to see. But still, they won against um, App State, and, I mean, it just looks like they're a real deal right now. I feel like Texas State's going to come in with some fire, but still, you know, at home, I think this is going to be a big deal. Um, they're going to have a bunch of support. I think they're just going to roll over Texas State. I got 35 to 10, James Madison. Obviously, old Jim Madison, they have a lot of momentum going right now. I think they're still a really good defense, but the 21 and a half point spread is just a little bit too big, in my opinion. You got the Texas State Bobcats. They're not that bad. They're not great, but I think they're still going to make it a fight. I think. The Dukes went comfortably. I have them prevailing 34 to 17. That's James Madison winning, and that's over. That's Texas State covering. I couldn't get myself unmuted. Um, okay, so uh, Austin has James Madison big 
Um, I really don't know enough about Texas State to like pick the upset. Twenty-one and a half seems like a lot. I don't know, just that's just pretty high to me. But I'll have James Madison covering. Um, I have them winning forty-two to eighteen, so that's over. <laughs> that's over the fifty-nine. Um, so, uh. I like to make weird scores when I'm trying to get overs. That's why they have 18. I don't actually think they're going to score 18, but it just helps me get the over. Because I was going to do 42-17, but then that wouldn't be over the 59. So I need over the 59, so it's 42-18. to Charlie, so that was why I have that. You don't have to make that face. I have a reason. <laughs> um, uh, yes, it will be like the good old 11-10 Monday night football game. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right troy western kentucky this is interesting wait i just skipped one okay ulm at arkansas state ulm is seven point underdogs and the over under is 59 nathan who you got ulm is the sneaky number one team in the west in the sun belt ulm look at that i mean they're the only team that's one and oh troy's one and one in a in conference play so right now they're number one in the west but i think that 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 ends this weekend uh, Arkansas State, I'm not high on them. I think we've kind of agreed on that, but I think Arkansas State's just a better team. Uh, they got more talent overall, and uh, I think the seven is a pretty good uh, spot. So I got Arkansas State covering 28 to 20 over ULM. You know, I totally missed this game when we were doing our picks. I'll, I'll be honest, but um, let me pull this up real quick. You can go to Jackson. Yeah, this game's kind of weird. Um, ULM obviously coming off the upset victory over the Cajuns who happened to be raging them. That was an interesting game. Then they go to, I believe it's Jonesboro, as a seven-point underdog when Arkansas State only has one win on the season. You might be able to see where I'm going with this. I have the Warhawks. They they win 31-24. to So, they reverse the seven-point spread, and they win by seven. I have that being under. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I have the same the same thought here. So does uh, Austin. He has ULM winning 17-13. to 13. I'm definitely not high on Arkansas State. Actually, I'm not high on ULM either. But they have proven it on the field. They beat UL. And you know who hasn't beaten UL? Arkansas State. So that's why I'm picking ULM to win. 35-31. So that's over the 59. Charlie, have um, you just guessed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over under 59. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm going to go with ULM, trying to f- f- feel out my score. But I'm going to say it's under. So I'm going to go with 27-17 uh, ULM. Perfect. All right. So cross the board ULM, I think. Um, so – uh, actually, not, I think more, Nathan, not me. Nathan, yeah, Nathan picked Arkansas State. Okay. Um, <laughs> Troy at Western Kentucky. Um, this is interesting to Southern fans because Southern will be playing Troy next week. So Western Kentucky is a five-point favorite, and the over-under is 55 and a half. Um, so, Nathan, who you got? Yeah, for me, this is a big game to watch. I mean, obviously, it's the opponent of the Golden Eagles next, uh, the week after, but this will really show what that Troy defense can do. We've talked about how good that defense is and how, how, how well they played all season, but Western Kentucky has a really, really good offense. I mean, I think they're, they're one of those teams that hasn't scored under 30 points this season as well. 
I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah. Last week they put up 73 FIU. I mean, that's not that big of a, an opponent, but still 73 points is hard to put up in a game. I think Western Kentucky's offense is going to prove some things about that Troy defense that we haven't seen so far this season. And I think Western Kentucky gets the job done. Uh, Western Kentucky wins 31 to 27 over Troy. Okay, okay. Um, uh, Scott Watkins would be proud because I'm going to pick Troy again. I actually have not picked against Troy, I think, this whole season. Um, and obviously it paid off. Is that going to change uh, next week? Oh, I don't know yet. I haven't gotten there. I haven't gotten there. Yes, some this of his fans might it. not be happy. We'll see. We'll see, though. Yeah, because this week does prove it. Western Kentucky's offense looks insane. Um, and obviously putting 73 points against a D1 team, any D1 team is pretty crazy. It's against FIU, but that's that's insane. A 73-point shutout, and I'm about to pick against them. But they also have played Hawaii, and the only, like, game against, you know, I guess, like, relatable competition could be Indiana, and they lost in overtime. I just think Troy has uh, played that competition. You know, you, you see they've played Ole Miss, and uh, – they they played good teams, App State and Marshall. Think of that. That's a crazy span of games, and they've competed in all those games. So I've got Troy winning um, 30 to 24. Guys, Western Kentucky is pretty good, y'all. Their offense is really good. They have Austin Reed at quarterback. He's averaged 315 passing yards per game this year. That's just insane production. 13 touchs, three picks. I mean, I think they're just too much for Troy's defense. I think Western Kentucky has faced great competition. They proved that they can hang with the big guys. Indiana was undefeated before last week. I forget who they lost to, but they took Indiana to overtime. That happened in blue. Were they really undefeated? Uh, yeah, they were 3-0, and Indiana, until last week. Unreal. Um, they lost to Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati, they, they're not bad. They're not bad. So, you know, look at this game. I have this being a shootout, Western Kentucky 42, Troy 31 over. And you guys, I think Southern Miss is going to go into Troy favored next week. Wow. Um. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I, I've been agreeing with Jackson a lot on this podcast. Kind of cool. But um, <laughs> uh, I also think that just West Kentucky's offense is just too good um, for uh, Troy. But I do think Troy will keep it close because I'm not – I don't know much about Western Kentucky's defense. But um, but I have Western Kentucky winning as well. So 34 to 27. So that is the, them to cover the spread of five. Um, and Austin, ha- <clears throat> Austin has Troy winning 31 to 21. And then for our final game, probably the game of the week, honestly, for Sunbelt. Like, this is a great – I, I want to watch this game. South Alabama at UL. Um, going to be a great game. UL is eight-point underdogs, which I think if you would have said that at the beginning of the season, you would have said that's insane. But they are underdogs, and the over-under is 47.5. Nathan, who you got? Yeah, this is a game where we can see who could be the best team in the West of the Sunbelt. And I think we can all agree that South Alabama has almost earned that right. And now you go against a team like Louisiana. This is a game that you can really prove it. And uh, South Alabama is a good team. Uh, Louisiana has not played to their standards that everyone thought they could play at this year. So I think South Alabama proves it this game. I think they prove that they're the best team in the West. 
so far this season. They've got a lot of talent overall. Offensively, they've been playing very good. And they, you know, we all know what happened against UCLA and what they should have done against UCLA. So I I got South Alabama winning and winning comfortably 41 to 24. Yeah, South Alabama, I've been high on them. Um, and seeing UL lose twice, it was definitely kind of shocking to me. Um, but looking at the series, you know, UL has been dominant and they've won. Actually, uh, South Alabama hasn't won in the series since 2015. But I think, you know, South Alabama should be undefeated. <laughs> and I think they're just um, too too strong right now. And it's going to be crazy to see if UL, you know, loses three straight. But I got them, uh, South Alabama winning 35 to 24. If you would have asked me in the preseason if South Alabama would go to the Lafayette and be an eight-point favorite, I would have called you crazy. So it's kind of weird to think if Louisiana pulls it out that this would be an upset game. But you look – South Alabama, they've had a good season thus far. And you look at Louisiana, over the last two weeks, UL has 2L. But you look over the next three weeks, UL will not have 3L. They pull off the upset here. I have them beating South Alabama 31-28. to That's over. Nathan, I think we, like, looked at each other's papers. Um I am also on UL going to bounce back. I think this is the game that kind of get everything together. It's at home. Um, I really think, like, just because to me that they've lost two games doesn't mean the talent's not there. I think this is the game they get it together. They really need to win this game. They can kind of reset it. Sunbelt play now. And I have UL winning 31 to 28. So the same score as Jackson for two of our <laughs> games. Pretty crazy. But that is our Prince Pick'em. Um, so I, I really think guys, I know that people are going to be busy watching Alabama lose to Arkansas or NC state beating Clemson. But, um, I really think if you have, if you have any time to watch South Alabama, UL, that's actually gonna be a really good game. I'll be watching it. So at least keep it in, you know, updates or stuff, but a lot of good football on Saturday. We don't have Southern Miss on Saturday. So obviously you won't have to worry about seeing our names on Twitter a hundred million times, but, um, but we will be all be there for Troy next week. So, and we'll have a lot of coverage leading up to that game. So that is our Prince Pick'em pod. And we thank you so much for listening. Also, I did not say Austin's pick for UL. So he has South Alabama winning 27-14. So, um, so that's all of our picks. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to read our stories on the Student Prince website. Um, I put the top 10 list on the Student Prince website today. Uh, we'll have something about basketball soon. I'm not sure when, but it will be soon. Uh, Jackson, he writes for Big Gold Nation, so go look at his stuff there. Nathan has his own podcast called The Pound Perspective, so go listen to him on his podcast. And you know oh, what I do? Goodness. I just uh, I just kind of sit around and twiddle my thumbs and talk about sports. So, And Charlie takes amazing photos. So me and him, we have kind of boring lives. And then we don't even know where Austin is half the time. So. <laughs> Um, Subway. <laughs> Subway. Yeah. I, I will get it. If we had a bet, I would bet five dollars is a Subway right now. But um, but yeah. So that's gonna do it for this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, so for for Jackson Howell, for Charlie Luttrell, for Nathan Lee, I'm Dima Mixon, and that was the Fourth Street Sports Show.
Thanks Three, so much, guys. We'll two, see you next week. One. This has been the Fourth Street Sports Show. Tune in next Monday at 5.